0: Is marriage. And if you're really honest this morning. Isn't it true? Isn't it true? Isn't it true? That submission in a marriage can become a battlefield? Can it not? Right? It can become very much a battlefield. I, I you know, in the years that I've been a pastor. I can't tell you. I, I literally have lost count. Of the number of couples. Um, we've, been, we've been called into. We've been called into. To, to counsel and to talk through where this topic has been at the forefront of, of what, we're, what we've been invited into. Okay, and isn't it also true that the most difficult place for us to live out our discipleship, our, our faithfulness to being a follower of Jesus Christ is within our own families? Oh, is it only me? <laughs> Did I just reveal something and it's only me? Like, honest, is it, is it the most volatile battlefield? Okay? So it's difficult. And for many of us, we struggle with our own discipleship and following Jesus because of our own families, our own relationships. And, and it's a battle. And we understand that. And it's a struggle. And I think part of the reason that Peter even wrote this passage was because he understood the battle. That the most difficult place, the battlefield... Of this whole topic of submission. Even suffering. Even suffering. Is found in this whole. uh, Institution that we call marriage. Okay. Um, And in fact. You know. No forget it. Anyway. We'll just keep going. All right. Um, I'm sure I'm going to. Spill it at some point during this passage. Now this. We're only going to look at the first seven verses. Of this particular. Uh, chapter i don 't have time to get into you know the remainder up to chapter twelve because i 'm going to get in enough trouble with the first seven verses as it is, okay so um, we're going to begin reading at first Peter uh, chapter three, verse one, and here is what it says. Notice that Peter begins by saying, in the same way. And if you've been following along, the passage that we just did last week was on the submission to government authorities, submission of masters and slaves and and all of that. And then Peter does this. He goes, in the same way, you wives, accept the authority of your husbands. Then, even if some refuse to obey the good news, your godly lies will speak to them without any words. They will be won over by observing your pure and reverent lives. Notice the passage starts with in the same way. Okay. For those of you that this passage applies to, what is more difficult, what causes more tension in you when you read this passage? Is the tension greater where it says you must accept the authority of your husbands, or is the tension greater in the line, um, they will be won over by observing your pure and reverent lives. (laughs) Because you're living pure and reverent lives, right? Is that why the second one is more difficult than the first one? A lot of tension in that passage, right? Isn't it amazing that Peter... Here's, here's the good news with this passage. Isn't it amazing that Peter recognizes the power of the influence that a wife can have over a husband, right? It's amazing to me that, that Peter is singling out women because of the effect that they can have in their household, affecting the household... And the husband towards the gospel, towards the good news. That even if he doesn't, that the reverent and the pure lives of the wife will impact, will speak to them without any, any, any words. You know, l- 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 let me tell you, um, this, this passage for me is extremely personal. Um, when I became a believer, I, I was a, a very disobedient believer. I didn't want to go to church 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 bored me to death I couldn't stand the speakers all right hey hey, you think God's not you know joking over all this I'm serious i if somebody said you're gonna be the one up there killing people um, <laughs> y- you know I would have said you're crazy you're crazy and I, I'm serious like you know when I became a believer i you know, I became a believer based on how I wanted to live out my life of faith. Uh, I got, Darlene, I'm sorry, hon. I've got to put you on a <laughs> <laughs> Darlene never forced me to go to church. Every, every Sunday, she would get up and be faithful to her Lord until a time came when I realized what her life represented that I was missing. It was, it was amazing to watch the, the transformation of what her life said and what she believed versus what I thought. And this, and, and I've always been struck that, that Peter recognizes the influence of the wife in the life, of a man, you know. Now it backfired on her because she was praying to God that I would never be a pastor. <laughs> so it, it kind of, yeah, it backfired. Backfired on both of us. What can I say? You know. But but you, but you have to you have to keep that tension in there because the expectation, no matter how you feel about this verse. The expectation is, is as a wife, you are called to live holy and reverent, which we all are, right? But Peter is singling that out. Because if you, if you deny the effects that, that you know, the, the husband and the wife can have on each other, that's what this passage is going to really bring out and the importance of it. All right, we're going to keep going. And he just gets himself in, in some other trouble here. Um, don't be concerned. Now listen, don't be concerned about the outward beauty of fancy hairstyles, expensive jewelry, or beautiful clothes. You should clothe yourself instead with the beauty that comes from within the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. This is how the holy women of old made themselves beautiful. They trusted God and accepted the authority of their husbands. For instance, Sarah obeyed her husband, Abraham, and called him her master. You are her daughters when you do what is right without fear of what your husbands might do. Okay, that's a double ouchie. All right? Um, Now, the, the, the passage, by the way, the passage isn't telling us to let ourselves go. Okay? That's the extreme. You know, we read stuff like this, and all of a sudden we say, well... Don't have to do my hair it's not about it's not about that how many of you heard how many of you uh how many of you read Pat Robertson about was it last month talking about divorce uh the nobody read that <laughs> he said the reason why there's so much divorce in that is because women have let themselves go you not read that I couldn't believe it like anyway um it was It must have been on the onion or something. I just kind of ended up on the wrong website or something like that, okay? But the passage is not telling us to let ourselves go. It's It's saying that the inner beauty is far more important. The character is far more important. That when you invest internally to a spiritual life, deeply, deeply committed to Christ, a spiritual life, a life that is deeply committed to developing your character, that in some way, in many ways, ends up on the outside somewhere. People see that. How many times have you known someone who, okay, caution here, caution, who may not be the most attractive person externally, but is a beautiful person that you never see that part of them. How many, how many do you know like that? Many, many people. This is this is what Peter's striving us and pushing us towards and, and, and reminding us that we invest first and foremost in ourselves and the character and the inner beauty that, that God has made in every woman. I, I came across a TED talk, um, and one of the if you know anything about TED Talks, they're really phenomenal. If you ever get a chance, but but they had a TED talk with a world-leading model. Okay, Kate, Kate Russell, I think is her name. Anyway, and they actually had her talk about modeling. What's it like in the world? And she said, all models, their greatest source of anxiety and insecurity is their physical beauty. Okay? That's the greatest source of their anxiety. And you look at these women, you go, wow. Ah, wow. And yet, that's their greatest point of anxiety. And please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that, that those things aren't good And take care of ourselves. But sometimes we take the external priority. And forget the character. And we we forget the the deepening of our faith. It's our faith. It's It's the deep character issues. That bring out the beauty that God is looking for. Because a facade is only a facade. Right? Isn't it? Is it, you know, identity in our world has drifted towards imagery, right? How many, isn't it interesting, too, that, that uh, in politics today, as long as you have the right labels, no one cares about the character? Isn't it really interesting that our political world has gone to labels? If you fit this label or this label, you're going to get elected? Very little about the character, very little about what you stand for. Very little about be, be, being challenged about what you stand for. Okay? Um, this, is, this is what Peter's alluding to. That there are far more important things than the externals, you know, that we invest first and foremost. All right. Done with that. Let's get on to the next one. All right. Okay. Okay. Notice the words that it starts now. In the same way. Husbands, you husbands, must give honor to your wives. Why nobody groan over that one? (laughs) Honor, honor to your wives. Do you realize the, the greatest thing that we can release out of ourselves is not the honor to ourselves, but the honor to our wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are. And he says, she may be. (laughs) She may be weaker than you are. (laughs) You got to read the text. All right. But she is your equal partner your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Okay? Treat her as you you should. Now, I love this. So your prayers will not be hindered. Imagine that the, the reason why God doesn't hear you is because you do not honor your wife. Here is the supposed head of the household who is praying for his household, and God's not listening. Because God is saying, wait, you've got to look beside you because you're missing something really important. This person that you're not honoring is the reason why your prayers are hindered. Reason. Now, it doesn't... Men are to be considerate. I'll only say it once, okay? Um, but sensitive, okay? Guys, that's, I'll only say it once. That's it, all right? And caring. That's what we're supposed to be. And we know as men, when we haven't been, and the only one window that we have open in our minds is the only window we're operating with at the time, and yet the wife is operating on 75 windows, open all at the same time, and you can't fit, right? You you know, right? And for many men, that one window is blank. Right? And you're laughing because it's true. Because we know it. What are you thinking, honey? Nothing. How can you... How are you thinking nothing? <laughs> it's easy women women can't figure that out, but we can literally just look at something and nothing is there, honestly, honestly, right right and then and then and then and then they ask you to explain nothing. like how do you explain nothing and then suddenly you're in trouble because it's like, yeah, anyway. You can't be thinking about nothing. Anyway. Even watching the Super Bowl, we can be thinking about nothing. And it's kind of mechanical, right? Watch the game, grab a chicken wing. Watch the game, grab a chicken wing. What are you thinking about? Nothing, you know. You know. It's... It's... (laughs) You know, I, it's no secret we're made differently. We operate in different worlds. But what Peter admonishes us here is to submit to one another. It doesn't matter if you're male. It doesn't matter if you're female. We are both called in a relationship to submit. And I would argue that that submission for the, for, is, is tailored toward the female. Submission is tailored towards the male, right? And I, again, I don't want to... Please don't email with me when I comment because I'm just asking you to, to just look at your own heart. Men are generally selfish, okay? Guys, we love our toys, right? Isn't it interesting that, that, that the male um, adolescence is b- now being considered into the 30s, Right? Because we have a tendency to just play with our toys. And relationships are a bit of a stretch for most of us. Okay? Um, and that's what Paul, Paul Peter is, is is calling us to. Now, I've had a lot of, a lot of people talk about submission, right? And, and this whole business. Of submission. And I want to give you something that you can actually put feet on the ground with when it comes to submission. Because a lot of people ask me the question, do I submit? And here's, here's, here's the answer. If you're a believer here this morning, a believer, a follower in Jesus Christ, here is here is in a relationship, husband, wife, if you have to ask the question, do you submit? The default answer is this: yes. That's the default answer. If you're going to submit, yes. But I want to I give you five kind of filters to ask yourself if you're struggling with submission and authority. Okay? Um, because we know that submission, especially in the world that we live in, is a very difficult concept. But here, I, I, I want to... I want to even venture out and say this. I believe, I believe that the reason why marriage is so difficult today and the reason why there's so many divorces is because we haven't taken this principle very seriously. Okay? I think this is one of the key reasons why marriage is, is in trouble today. All right? So here, here are the five submission filters that you put through your mind um, when you're struggling with submission. The first one is this Am I disobeying God? Am I disobeying God? Ask yourself the question. You know, if I'm a believer, I'm in a relationship, and uh you know, I'm struggling with submitting, ask yourself first and foremost, am I disobeying God? You know, the second question is this. Am I being led into sin? Is your husband or your wife asking you to do something that is sinful? That is going to get you into trouble. That is not going to be a good place to end up. Am I being led into sin? God doesn't want you to submit if it's going to cause sin. Okay? It isn't like the and or proposition. All right? Thirdly, am I in danger of being abused? Am I in danger? Is this going to put me in harm's way to submit? You can go to this passage. You can go to the Ephesians passage in Ephesians 5 and 6. And and even there, it's not a one person more responsible than the other person. Okay? Am I going to be in danger of abuse? You don't submit under that. Number four, do I just want power? Marriages over the long haul have what is called the power drift. Okay? Often, often, marriages that start with love, by the time you get to 20, 30, Whatever, for those, for those couples, many times there is a power struggle between them. The ones that are struggling often have a power struggle. The minute, well, we'll talk about power in a minute, okay? Am I wanting power? Is it something that I want to get over him? Is there something that I want to get over her, right? Do you know the weapon that gets used in marriages more and more is sex, Sex becomes a weapon in marriages. OK? That you know, even I, you know, I grew up with who was it? Was it uh, "Don't use sex as a weapon." Who had that song? What was her name? Ryan. Oh, sorry, Ray. I know you. Yeah. <laughs> Ray and I talk music all the time, and I know anyway, we grew up with that song. right? Do, am, I, am I wanting power? Okay, that, it's, it's amazing to me over the years how much a power struggle happens in a marriage. It's amazing to me. He did this to me, I don't do this anymore. I, I did this to her, you know, we don't have this. It's, it's, it's amazing to me. And, and number five is this one. Am I struggling with commitment? You know, this is, this is a huge issue in marriage. Uh, I don't care anymore. i don't not committed anymore. And to submit when you're not willing to commit is a big problem. Now, these are just fair questions to ask yourself. Fair questions in the relationships that you're in, right? Um, and, And there's two great influences when it comes to this whole topic of submission. And the first one is power, right? Power is a big, big deal. And listen, if you live in a power model... Submission will never happen because submission in a power model becomes slavery. That's what it becomes. God never intended submission to become slavery. It is a willing, a willing surrender on both parts, okay, for, their, for what they're responsible for, okay? Um, and here's, here's, here's generally the truth. In a power model, submission eventually becomes slavery, and that slavery eventually leads to abuse. If, you, if you're in a relationship that's a power model, one over the other, that eventually leads to slavery, that's submission, and that slavery eventually leads to some kind of abuse. That's You know, that's the bottom line. God never intended submission to be a power thing in a relationship of two believers in a marriage. All right. Uh, The second thing that affects submission tremendously is love. Love. Where love exists, submission isn't even questioned. Submission isn't a problem. In fact, I would, I, I would submit that you've, you've submitted at times of love and you didn't even realize you were doing it. How many of us, how many of us can look at a relationship and and say things like, how can she live with him? Or, how could he have married her? I was telling my wife, uh, I was telling Darlene, was it yesterday or the day before? We used to have a joke in college um, where where guys would get married to certain girls that we would say, well, uh, you know, he's done the rest of us a favor. Yeah, pretty horrible, right? Pretty horrible? Yeah, right? But, but, but listen, I'm just, I'm just trying to bear all up here when it comes to relationships and when it comes to what this means for us, right? But we know, listen, we know, we know when there's couples that live this principle out really, really well. And, I, and, and I, would, I would even garner to say that, that a lot of these couples who are living this kind of relationship, if you said to them, you know, you're submitting, they'd say, what? I don't do that. They probably wouldn't even realize it. You know, in, in, in the way that they live out their lives, it's, it's just, it just works. He knows when, and she knows when, and they know when, and it just, it just works. But how many of us, how many of us can think of couples right now and go, oh, Man, how, 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 how? And if you're really honest, you would say some kind of power thing is going on, right? Whether it's him, whether it's her, some kind of power thing is going on. And if you're a believer here this morning, you know that if Jesus ever, 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 ever acted in a power model against the Father... Who he willably submitted to, to suffer on a cross and die for you, we would be hopelessly lost. At some point, no matter what the conflict is, someone's gonna to have to submit to somebody. And the more that we build a power base for ourselves, the more that we build a power base for, for whatever it is, the more we're going to struggle with these principles. And the more difficult it's going to be to reconcile, the more difficult it's going to be to see, you know, the fruit of anything valuable coming out of your relationship. It's amazing. Just amazing. You know? Um, you know, I, I always like to think that, you know, you know, I had a professor that that used to joke all the time that, that God was really bad at mathematics. Okay, and I, you know, I used to just, you know. But with God, one plus one plus one equals one. Right? You know, when a, when a marriage is built on this principle of submission and Christ is at the head, you know, and Jesus is part of that relationship, he's one, you're one, he's one. And it equals one. But well, we don't think about that. Okay? And I'm not saying you, become, you don't become your own person in a, in a marriage. I'm not saying that at all. But, but you live in such a way that you recognize the other person, that you submit to them willingly. Tough principle. You know, uh, bef- before I went into ministry, I was, um, I was a, a purchasing agent for a large, a large company, and um, as a purchasing agent, you, you know, you're always, you're, you're the one that's buying all the stuff. We, we had an assembly line, we built transport trailers, and I was responsible for a whole bunch of uh, components that went onto the transport tra- trailers, the floor, the landing gear, you know, things like that. And, the, and, and they came to me one day and they said, we're gonna send you to school, to, to the university, and take negotiation courses, courses on how to negotiate. And I said, okay, no problem. And I remember getting into class the very first time and thinking, wow, I'm going to learn how to give it to them, how to stick it to whoever I'm negotiating with. I'm going to learn these tactics, how I can get the most uh, material for the least amount of dollars, and I'm, and I'm going to just be able to, to wrangle and be able to, to talk and, and to really be able to put people in a corner to negotiate. I'll never forget... That whole course just just was amazing because the principle that came out of that course is that to negotiate really well, you both have to walk away from the table believing that both of you won something. Both of you. That if you're going to negotiate to get the other guy, you're not going to be in the game very long. Or you're never going to get honest rapport, you're never going to get you know, a, a good working relationship because it just becomes a power model and it just becomes master-slave. Now, I know in our world we get away with that model all the time, but I never forgot that principle. And there were times that it really helped me out in ministry because there's times when you have to discipline someone or speak to someone or whatever. And, and, and even something as simple as in, as in your marriage. If whatever it is that the two of you are working through, that both of you can walk away, feeling that you've won something, that you've been heard. Guys, she just wants to be heard. She doesn't want you to always fix it. Honey, when he says I'm thinking of nothing, he means it. <laughs> Amen! Amen! <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll use that one next time. I'll tell you how it goes. <laughs> I'll, let you, I'll let you know how far. I, if I'm on the couch, Robert, I'm calling you. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that is, and, and here. Here's the final point I want to make. The minute, the minute you think of submission as what the other person has to do, you have missed the point. The Bible never says, husbands, make sure your wives submit. The Bible never says, wives, make sure your husbands honor you. The Bible makes sure that the responsibility is placed on the individual who should be thinking about submission first and foremost. It is not something we, we say to another because of what we believe our position is. Our position is God-given. God-given. And we never abuse it. We never abuse it. So the minute you say that person is not submitting... You've probably missed the point. You probably missed the point. Okay. Are we okay? Are we okay? All right. Can we end the message before I pray with ouch? That left a mark? Yes. Yeah, okay. One, two, three. Ouch. That left a mark. Okay. Great. Let's pray. Father, thank you.